0: Kabbalah, and the psychology of the soul taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. We were talking about three emotions two weeks ago, anger, jealousy, and what was the third? And uh, indulgence. That's more an activity rather than a... A person who's, who's, you know, is always yearning for uh, desire, you know, big eyes always wants more. And we live in a culture that actually actually encourages it. It's the whole foundation of consumerism. Every advertisement is there to tell you, no matter how blessed your life is, you should feel miserable because you have nothing. <laughs> because you don't have that perfect, perfect uh, car, that perfect model, that perfect... If what, you, what God gave you and blessed you with, you feel miserable because you deserve the best. I am the best and I deserve the best. Of course, who defines what's the best? <laughs> Everything in society is telling us, is pushing us to look at your fellow and feel empty. And, and look how, how empty I am. Look, I'm missing this and I'm missing that and you're missing nothing. <laughs> but the whole advertisement, the whole life is there to tell you how much you're missing because you deserve it. You deserve the best and therefore, therefore your life is miserable. So now I'm going to work 20 hours a day and I'm going to become a slave and I'm not going to have time, a moment's breath to live and to really enjoy the reality that's right in front of me. So as long as I can... You know, we're pursuing a shadow, pursuing a false... So what's, it, what's... When it comes to materialism, it says a person should be thankful and grateful and satisfied with your lot. Who is a rich person? Who is a rich person? Wealth is not defined how much you have in your bank account. Wealth is defined... Whoever is content, whoever is internally content, materialistically content, is the richest person. The person is constantly restless and hungry and yearning and and never has enough and feels empty and and, and is trying to fill that emptiness by acquiring more possession. That's a disadvantage. And it comes from the same reason when a person is arrogant, when you have an exaggerated sense of self. I need this, and I need that, and I deserve this, and I deserve that, and I deserve the best. And therefore, if there's something in your life that's not perfect, or you think is not perfect, you, th- you think I deserve the best, and therefore, you're not satisfied, you're not happy. In a spiritual culture, in a, r- a real culture, in a genuine culture, a person is taught to en- enjoy, and to count your blessings, and to be grateful and thankful for you. Realize the blessing, and everything that you, have, you need is right in front of you. Because the thing is, what really matters is if you if you love and you are and you are loved, and you have your friends and family. I mean, that that's the end of the day. That's all you need. Money, power, fame—that's not. That doesn't really matter. So you really have the happiest person, happiness. All the money in the world can't buy happiness. And all the money in the world can't buy love. You can't force it. You can't impose it. You can have billions. Howard Hughes was the wealthiest person alive. He was the most miserable human being. He died a reckless. So you can't buy these things. You can't buy happiness and you can't buy love. and You can't can't force it. You can't impose it. It's something that comes from within. If your heart is open, and you're humble, and you're grounded, and you're content, and you're satisfied, and you, then you're joyful. The joy is something that comes from within. Then you're happy, you're rooted, you're connected, your life is meaning, your life is substance. But when you create this artificial, external expectations, if I only will indulge in this, I'll be happy. If I only, if I had a fatter bank account, I'll be happy. If only I had a little more power, a little more respect, I'll be happy. But of course, it's, it's, it's a delusion. You can't buy respect. You can't even force it. Respect is something that comes when you're not looking. It's unselfconscious. When you're a genuine person, people respect you. When you lead a type of life that you earn that respect, people respect you. But you can't go looking for it because you'll never find it. People who try to buy respect. You know, all of these things are in, intangible. These things are elusive. We have an exaggerated sense of self. And therefore we believe and feel that we have to indulge our every urge and every instinct, because if I want it, you know, you're very precious, we feel very precious in our own eyes, and therefore if I want it, I'm going to pursue it. Nothing is going to stop me. And and a feeling of entitlement. I deserve this, and I should get this. And then you feel sorry and depressed, or angry. Why? Why? And uh, jealous. Why my life is not perfect, or physically I don't have everything I I think I should have, and I that uh, my friend has. And so there's there's an arrogance that clogs the heart and basically closes your heart to spirituality and to godliness. Because the joy, the road to to joy, to spirituality through joy, when the heart is open, humility, when you don't have any exaggerated sense of self, and when you've come down to earth, when you put yourself in the right perspective, when you put your life in the right perspective, you you realize you have everything that you need Whatever, whatever you have, whatever you need, you have, and you're very appreciative for what you have, and suddenly you see the, the beauty and everything that's around you, and, and the, you know, but when a person has totally unrealistic expectations, and you have an exaggerated sense of self, and suddenly you become miserable. This arrogant, false persona that you created, that this bubble that you're living in, and and you're making all these demands, these impossible demands, and you're making your life miserable. Because the truth is, God gives you everything that you need, so you have everything that you need. But I decided that I want and I need. And if I don't have it, my life is miserable. It's like a man-made misery. (laughs) You know, we did not suffer. If we did not have these exaggerated egos, 95, if not 99% of psychiatrists and psychologists would be out of business. Because we would be happy human beings, well-adjusted, happy human beings. But we create our own misery. Because we live in our own shell and we create our own bubble and we create this exaggerated sense of self. We become arrogant, we become impassable, overbearing. Totally alienated from our real self, our real down to earth, wholesome, innocent, good, loving, and lovable self. We become this overbearing, arrogant, impossible, demanding, needy. And the answer is not to play, not to play this game, but just nip it in the bud. Just go straight to the root cause. This arrogance has to be completely undermined. There's nothing wrong with destroying delusions. Because you can't build a life based on delusions. You can build a life based on substance. But playing along with delusions, telling a child, oh, you're wonderful, and the child didn't do anything, well, why are you so wonderful? You do something wonderful, you're wonderful. But creating, telling, you know, people have gone overboard with this um, positive... The person is always positive, no matter what you do always positive. You know, there's never any reality. There's never any realism. You know, a person has to have a little humility. A person has to have, be able to see himself honestly and objectively the way other people see. A person has to have a little reality. It's honesty. You can't build anything without honesty. So if you can't be honest with yourself, just creating castles in the air, I'm calling that progress. <laughs> you know, well, I'm positive and I feel great. What, what, do you feel? What's, what's your, what, what are you feeling? What are you feeling positive? What did, did you accomplish anything? Did you do anything? Did you try to do anything? No. It doesn't matter. You know. it, has to be, it has to be some honesty. Honest. And when a person has honest feeling, the foundation is humility the foundation is then your heart is open your heart is open then you can feel joy a joy that comes from within then you can feel connected a connection that comes from within then you can feel love and beloved with something that comes from within nothing external so this is the recipe this is the medicine that he's giving for this particular illness which is called the clogging of the heart the spiritual clogging of the heart when we become totally out of touch with ourselves totally out of touch with reality. quoted the Zohar earlier that if there's a thick piece of wood that's not catching on fire, so the answer is not to pour more kerosene. The answer is to break up the wood into a thousand splinters. So too with the heart. When the heart is clogged, the heart no longer responds to anything spiritual. You lost that, that hunger, that yearning. You lost that humility. And you feel completely satisfied and content. And... You're feeling miserable. You're feeling miserable for all the wrong reasons. You're feeling miserable because you're lacking... You feel that you're lacking... Suddenly you feel that you're lacking this and you're lacking that. Materialistically you feel unsatisfied with your lot and unsatisfied with what you have. So the answer is not to study more Torah, do more mitzvot, because that light is not penetrating. The heart is clogged. What do you do when the heart is clogged? You need need open heart surgery. You need to... (laughs) Break through the, the clogging. So the answer is, you have to break your heart into a thousand pieces. There's nothing more whole than a broken heart. When the heart is broken, that's healthy. It means the heart is alive. The heart is the heart is functioning. The blood is circulating. You feel connected. You feel love. You feel ability to love. The ability to, to you feel beloved you feel the ability to connect, you feel that yearning, that hunger for spirituality, and then you become grateful and thankful for all your materialistic blessings, then everything comes into perspective. You feel centered, you feel focused, everything falls into place. And you have everything that you need. And you, then you, you get in touch with the reality, your reality, your own reality. You become firmly grounded. Then you can build your life on something genuine and a solid foundation. You can't build a life based on delusion. No one is doing you any favors by constantly pumping you with delusions. You're the wonderful, you're the best, you're the greatest. There never was anyone like you. Did you accomplish anything? Did you do anything? Did you try to do anything? doesn't matter. I don't have to do anything. You, know, you're not, you can't build a life based on false, false premises. Because then it turns into ugliness. When your heart becomes clogged and your blood, your spiritual blood, stops circulating, you can become a very ugly human being. Arrogant, unbearable, so selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed that you destroy everyone in your path. You have no time and no energy for anyone outside yourself. So you're robbing yourself of... all the love that's around you, all the goodness that's around you, all the opportunities that's around you. Because you basically walled yourself off from everyone and created this this artificial bubble and you're living in some psychotic wonderland that's completely not satisfying. Because the more you indulge, the more you rob yourself of even the ability of, of enjoying. You know, the person who just indulges ultimately loses his ability to enjoy life and becomes a, you become a bitter harsh, bitter, cynical, jaded human being so you're not, doing, you're not doing yourself a favor and no one is doing you a favor by, by pumping you and, and encouraging you in your delusions to live life you have to be in touch with reality you have to have a, a genuine foundation The genuine foundation is there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. When your heart is broken, then your heart is in touch. When you're spiritually, when your heart is crushed, but crushed for all the right reasons. All you're crushing is the arrogance, the foolishness. We're not talking about crushing the person, crushing the personality, suppressing the person and the personality. On the contrary, it says when the body is strong the soul is weak. When the soul is strong, the body is weak. We don't mean the physical body. Here we're not talking about the personality, to crush the personality, God forbid. But he's talking about crushing the arrogance. Because the clipper, the shell, the sitrach, the other side, there is no real substance to it. What does it represent? It represents a delusion. It represents it paints a picture of a reality which is completely off the mark. That somehow, by indulging or by fulfilling your life externally, if only I have money, power, fame, and if only I was able to indulge in every whim and every desire and every urge and in every instinct, I'll be happy. That's pure delusionary. There's not a shred of truth to it. It's literally a pack of lies. So what are you crushing here? You're crushing that delusion. There's no advantage in maintaining delusions. And as long as a person maintains the delusions, you crush your real spirit. Your real true self, your real spirit. That joyful spirit that we're all born with. That spirit cannot emerge as long as you're living in this bubble, in this psychotic reality that you've created, this castle. Castle in the, castle in the air. But, but when you crush this delusion, then the soul emerges. Now the soul can emerge in it's all its glory and all its strength. So you have to be careful of the wording. It's not, it doesn't mean crush the spirit, crush the personality, crush the individuality. No, it means crush these delusions. As long as a person has this exaggerated sense of self and is so content in a grotesque way and so satisfied with themselves spiritually and is so selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed, that you become completely blind, deaf and dumb to anything truthful and real and genuine, even to your own truths. You become completely alienated with your own truth, with your own genuine nature. And your heart is just all clogged up and the blood is not circulating. You're barely alive. There's hardly any pulse left. You're spiritually dead. And you become in hardened, bitter, shallow, overbearing. Impossible to live with. Impossible to deal with. So how do you help? And the person can help himself. The person is trapped. He's trapped in this, in this, in this bubble you created. It's artificial bubbles. You're not doing a person a favor by trying to tell them everything is okay. It's not okay. How do you help the person release himself from this trap that he's created? So you have to crush this superficial shell. The heart is encased. Plaque. if spiritual plaque. It's not allowing the blood to circulate. You're dying. Spiritually. So how do you get rid of the plaque? You have to destroy the plaque. Don't negotiate with the plaque and don't pat it and don't. It's, it's, it's dangerous. This plaque is dangerous. This plaque is killing you. So you have to crush, you have to crush it. By crushing the heart and crushing through the plaque, breaking through the plaque, allowing the blood to flow, the blood to flow. Feel alive again. Really alive, genuinely alive, spiritually alive. Feel grounded, connected, uplifted. So this is a healthy thing. All you're crushing is the plaque, the garbage, the junk, the dirt that's accumulated. That's what you're crushing. The artificial bubble you've created, that's what you have to crush. So it all begins by, by crushing that arrogance, that exaggerated sense of self. He begins step number one. Why are we so taken with ourselves? We're so proud of ourselves, so taken with ourselves. He says, "A person, our ego nature, which feels so natural to us, has very unhealthy and self-destructive desires." So step number one. Why are you so? Why are you so taken with yourself? By that fact alone, you're the most miserable creature walking God's face, on God's God's earth. Did you ever meet an animal that suffers from addiction? Did you ever meet an animal that overeats, overdoses, over drugs, over over sexes, over... Animals don't suffer from these addictions. Only a human being has these, these urges and tendencies for self-destructive behavior. very ugly, self-destructive behavior. So why, why are you so taken with yourself? <laughs> Relax. If you want to look at yourself honestly and objectively, potentially you're the most miserable creature walking on the face of the earth. Look at all these unhealthy tendencies and excesses that you have within you. You don't know when to stop. An animal eats and it stops. Period. It bonds once or twice a year and it stops. A person has this insatiable appetite, and you destroy yourself in the process. You don't know when to end. So why are you so taking with yourself, <laughs> Look at yourself in the mirror? You know, it's like that zoo in, the, in Washington. They have uh, the uh, one room, and the sign says, "The world's worst animal." The most destructive. Right, animal. most destructive they animal. Destructive. destructive. Oh, that's I the word. They, they did use the word destructive. Yeah, the world's most destructive animal. And and you walk in, and there's a mirror, wall, (laughs) ceiling to floor, mirror, full wall, mirror, you look at yourself, that's it. You know, no, the worst animal in the world, animals don't blow themselves up. Animals don't go, you know, I mean, the worst animal in the world wouldn't do what people do. The excesses and the self-destructiveness and the, the fact that a human being has urges, and even if you don't carry out these urges, but the mere fact that you have all these unhealthy urges and instincts, these self-destructive tendencies, be embarrassed, be ashamed. Why are you walking around as if you're, you're you deserve everything and you're the best and the greatest? And this it puts you in perspective, a little humility. Hide your face a little. So it, it undermines this arrogance, this exaggerated sense of self. We overappraise the value. You need you need to undermine a little the value. Uh, an insurance agent was telling us, that he says, there's a huge difference when you want to buy insurance or when you want to sell your insurance policy. When you want to buy insurance, the company says, buy insurance? He's going to die tomorrow. <laughs> so the price, you know, they try to make it the highest, the highest premium. When it comes to selling a policy, he's in a deathbed. Oh, he's going to live another 14 years. <laughs> what's, what's the policy? How can I, what's the policy worth today? You know, it's all a matter of perspective. You can exaggerate one, exaggerate the other. So when a person has this exaggerated sense of self, to, let's deflate it a little. A little come on, let's let's put your life into perspective a little. Put yourself into perspective. You're so taken with yourself and you're so proud of yourself and you're so arrogant and, and you're the center of the universe and you're this oh, well, you're the most miserable creature in the universe. You forgot about that minor detail. The fact that you have inside of you, you have these unhealthy desires. Which animals don't have? You have these unhealthy desires, self-destructive desires, these tendencies. Be ashamed of this. Little humility. Where is this arrogance coming? They do not even have a desire to go against the will of God or the way God created them. Their instincts, the way God programmed them, so much so as we discussed earlier in Chapter 24, that even predatory animals, as in Daniel in the lion's den. Predatory animals will go against their nature when they sense God's presence. A God-fearing person, a righteous person, whose name of God is written over his forehead, they sense the presence of God. So when they sense the holiness of someone like Daniel, they went against their instinct and didn't touch him. So you see, even animals cannot go against God. So the fact that a person, even if actually you won't carry out, and you'll have a discipline not to actually go ahead and think the wrong thought or say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing but the mere fact that you have this, te- this temptation the mere fact that you have these temptations and you have these urges and instincts and desires you have this sickness inside of you I wouldn't be so proud and that sends you the worst of all creatures that's why it says man was created last why was man created last in, in, in creation if man is the most important if man is the purpose of creation why was man created last And the answer is, if a person fulfills his purpose of creation, then the whole world is created for you, and you elevate the whole world. So man is created last. But if you don't live up to your divine potential, Adam, the first man who's created Adam, what does Adam mean? Adam can mean one of two things. Either it means Adam, a reflection from above, man is created in the image of God, so when the person lives up to his potential, then there's no one greater than man. Man has the ability to elevate and transform the entire universe. Only man has that ability because we have the freedom of trust. On the other hand, Adam also comes from the word Adam, earth. When a person is created from earth, the lowest of all four elements, the four basic elements, earth, uh, water, liquid, um, gas, wind, and fire, energy. So man was created from earth. Animals were not created from earth. Animals were created, the body and the soul came out of the earth fully fledged they were created together man was created the clay and then God breathed into his nostril he breathed the soul so his body is lower than the animal and his soul is greater than the angel because God spoke and the world came into being heaven and earth so God created the the world through speech blowing signifies something that comes from within that's why you can speak and speak and you don't tire but when you blow, you, because you're blowing from within, you can't continue to blow. So his soul is even superior to the angel. But his body is lower than, than the animal. And man is one extreme or the other. If a person lives up to his potential, he's created in the image of God, he's a reflection of God, and he's the only creature in the whole universe. Angels don't have freedom of choice, animals don't have freedom of choice. He's the only creature in the whole universe that has freedom of choice, and he exercises it properly, and he chooses well. There's no one greater than man. The whole world is created for you. And you have the ability to elevate the whole universe. On the other hand, if you don't live up to your potential, then you are the lowest of the law. You're like Earth. Then, then you are the lowest creature in God's universe. So the fact that a person has freedom of choice is because a person can reach to the highest level. But the fact that we have this negativity inside of us, we have these two extremes, and we have urges for self-destructive behavior. And we have negative tendencies. That alone is something that I would not be, be too proud about or boast about. That puts me on the bottom of the totem. The bottom of the ladder. So why am I so taken taken with myself? Why am I so arrogant? I deserve this and I deserve that and I need this and I want this and I I, I, I want and need and want and deserve and, and if I don't have it I'm miserable and I'm... Relax. Put yourself in perspective. I need and I want and I deserve. You're the lowest of the low. You're the most miserable creature in God's, God's universe. So why, why are you so taken with yourself? Why are you so arrogant? A little humility put yourself into perspective. When you put yourself into perspective, you relax. You come down to earth. And then you open your eyes, and you see the blessing. And you're grateful for the blessing. And you feel joyful. And when you're joyful, there are many possibilities. When a person is open and is joyful, there are endless possibilities. Kabbalah The Psychology of the Soul, taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky.